Today's episode of Tea Time on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and LA. And they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh hot meals to hospitals and clinics fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. We're trying to raise $250,000. If you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. And I'm Amelia Wattemeyer. Today, we are checking in with lots and lots of celebrity couples. We're talking about what could have been at the 2020 Met Gala. And then we're continuing our Lindsay Lohan F list and our Twilight recap. Love it. Every time you hear the bell, we have to change topics. So now let's spill the tea. All right. First category is Tea Time Checks In with, there was a lot that started in relationship news. There was far too much. We moved it into its own being. This is Mm -hmm. Tea Time Checks In with quarantine couples. There's a lot of good news and some bad news. We're going to start with the good. The biggest news story this week, obviously, is that Gigi Hadid is pregnant with Zayn Malik's baby. Wow. Um, First, it was confirmed by TMZ that they were the first people that broke the news. So immediately we're like, this has got to be true. And then now Yolanda Hadid has confirmed it herself. So she's fully pregnant. Like, absolutely no doubt about it. Just wild. That's absolutely insane. But she apparently, according to all their stands, have been dropping little hints this whole time. Mm. Apparently she's due in September. It's going to be a baby girl. And the way the people that first thought that were actually Zayn fans. I wish Kate was here because <laughs> she's part of this like group of people. The 1D people, yeah. Yeah, but so Gigi posted on her Instagram story uh, her slew of birthday presents. She just turned 25 this week. And one of them was from Zayn. And she put a big emoji over this gift bag, okay? So you couldn't really <laughs> see what was on it. These One Direction fans looked at the tiny outline of this gift bag, found it online. And apparently on the gift bag, it says like, hello, little one. And it's like all pink and stuff. Right. This is actually incredible, the detective work that went into this. And then they found other photos of the gifts, and there was like a baby shark little gift thing. And then they were looking at the, um, like she had those Mylar balloons that are really popular with like a two and a five. And there was like pink strands and blue strands. And people were Oh, yeah. Some people were saying, yeah, it was a gender (laughs) reveal party as well. It was just like, why? Like, Get hired by the FBI. Like, do anti terrorism work. You people are amazing. It's, it's, Honestly, it's commendable. I I don't know what to say other than like, wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. So we are going to report on it anyway. I thought it was confirmed (laughs) in my brain. And then Yolanda straight up, um, she was interviewed by this Dutch broadcasting station called RTL Boulevard. Mm. And she says, of course, we're so excited. I'm excited to become a grandmother in September, especially after I lost my mom so recently. So guys, it's happening. They're pregnant. 
so excited. And then have to throw this in because I'm doing this with you, Amelia. Yes. Tyler C. had to come out and officially say that he's not the father. <laughs> as if anyone was thinking that. I don't think anyone really. I mean, like maybe as a joke or something. But yeah, I, it, that's just like, OK, we get it. You're desperate. We that understand. is so old news. Yes. OK. It, seriously, though. Um, next pregnancy news. Um, our next person who's pregnant is uh, the one and only Leah Michelle. <laughs> um, a star of so many Ryan Murphy hits, I guess, mm-hmm. as Glee. Uh, the one, the what was the other one? The serial killer one. Uh, um, Scream Queens. Oh, Scream Queens. Yeah, yeah. So she is pregnant, but the most important part of this whole story isn't the baby that's about to be born into this world within the <laughs> next nine months. It's the fact. That I forgot, but then was quickly reminded that her husband's name is Zandy, as in Z A N D Y. His name is Zandy. I tried to block this out of my head. I think we did talk about it when they got married, yeah. whenever that was. Yeah, just, I don't know. Not Randy, Zandy. <laughs> When Kate Hallowell has been tweeting a lot about this and just yeah. replying just Sandy, I thought, you know, like how you say Zaddy and those things? I thought <laughs> yeah. it was like that. But no, that's his actual name. That's his real name. I wonder if it's like short for like Zanderson. Yeah, Al- Alexander. Or, or Alexander. Or that's, like that. Yes, Xavier. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We're not Zandy. Much past it. Um, okay, next piece of good relationship news is that Kendall Jenner has a new love in her life. Mm. Um, she was just photographed with the NBA player Devin Booker. He plays on the Phoenix Suns. Most importantly, he's Jordan Woods's ex. So apparently they've been like in the Ooh. same circles for many years, obviously because Jordan Woods is like an estranged former BFF of Kylie Jenner. But they are photographed in his Maybach going to Sedona, Arizona for like a quarantine trip, which oh, you Jesus. guys just, just don't. At home. Just like, why? Why can't they stay in their mansions? I don't get it. Seriously. But anyway, that's not even really like the piece that we're going to talk about. We got to talk about the tweet, unfortunately. Mm. And I'm mm-hmm. sad that this fell into my like color. <laughs> but so here's the series of events TMZ Sports tweets out the photo of them, this paparazzi picture confirming their romance, confirming they're like on the side of the road at a rest stop. And they're saying something like Kendall Jenner and new love NBA player, Devin Booker, whatever. So then someone, this tweet has actually been deleted, but it went super viral. Someone tweeted and was like, NBA players passing Kendall Jenner around, which first of all, fucking rude. And it's a TikTok of like a, a group of men, probably like family members, dads, uncles, brothers, whatever. And they're literally tossing a small child around a cir- in a circle. Wait, I thought it was of- a doll. Was no, that a- it's a child. Oh it's my- like a little girl. What the fuck? But it's like, it seemed like just a sweet little oh, game. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like nothing too weird. But anyway, very rude of this fucking guy. And I know yeah. that a lot of people online think this about her and the Kardashians in general. Sure. Anyway, so that was that tweet. Went really viral. A woman named Demetria Houston wrote back and said, maybe she's passing them around, which— Correct. There you go. Good job. Kendall Jenner took, she could have done like a retweet or like a little smirk emoji. No. Yeah. She quote tweeted this and said, This is a quote. <laughs> they act like I'm not in full control of where I throw this cooch. Which is like <laughs> I I just I agree with the sentiment. Absolutely. Sure. 100 percent She is in control of that. But the words 
that she used and just like it's kind of awkward phrasing like and it got like blown up online I'm looking at it now it got almost 100,000 retweets and oh now 700,000 likes everyone's like oh my god tweet of the year blah blah oh, Jesus. but like it just wasn't that cool wasn't that great but yeah. um also anyway. it kind of looks like couch so like yeah, half the time I'm like you threw around a couch what it does it didn't really make too much sense but anyway Kendall Jenner good for you but please stay at home Right, um, right. Speaking of this, next one, Amelia. Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, good news. Victor Cruz, who is a former NFL player, I think, and Karuchi Tran, who was Chris Brown's uh, ex-girlfriend, and mm-hmm. I think she did some like modeling and acting and hosting things. Anyway, they are apparently dating. And uh, right now, they FaceTime for not five hours a day. <laughs> Not 10 hours a day, not even 15 hours. They've, they're they doing it 20 hours a day, which seems impossible. Like, absolutely. What do you think the four hours that they take off are? Do you think it's... Can they sleep or do they have the FaceTime on when of, they sleep? Right. Are they one of those couples that FaceTime as they... You see? Have you seen those TikToks? <laughs> it's like a, very, a big trend yeah. right now. You fall asleep with your significant other on FaceTime. Oh but God. then where is the four hours? Do they say we're going to separate like workout in our homes, kind of like oh. shower, do your own thing and come back? Like, I don't know. Where, also, Maybe. why 20 hours? 20 so hours just, is a lot. That's a lot of battery life too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about their batteries. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And how do you pick the four hours where you're not FaceTiming? Maybe it is when they sleep. I have no idea. I don't know. But it, it's, yeah, also it's a very specific amount of time, like, 20 yeah. and you're like okay uh, all right also maybe like marathon event you do that one time and you really miss that person but then like maybe right. day two you're like let's just catch up later or exactly text. they can't exactly. Sit, they can't be on instagram i don't know doesn't do you, seem right to me uh, do you think they're like you know they're probably doing some bathroom breaks like they're probably not on the toilet <laughs> right i would assume i would hope not well, I don't know. Maybe they're throw it on mute and video off, yeah. and it's just yes. like or whatever. You're like okay, well I yeah. gotta go get something from the pantry. Um, yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then finally, Emma Watson. Wow. Okay, it was. This is huge. I'm really excited. You know, she had that when she said she was in a relationship with herself or something. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? And then people yes. gave her shit for it because people are the worst. Yes. Well, apparently she is dating. This guy, and his name is Leo Robinton, not Robinson, Robinton, <laughs> and he's a California business owner, and someone, not I, uh, put on the outline, Emma Watson is dating a sentient man <laughs> That was not me, obviously, that has the sass of Kate Hallowell. <laughs> but he does have hair, and a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of hair. <laughs> but yeah, we're happy. Me and you, I feel like, are the big Emma Watson people yeah. in the Tea Time group. Good for her. Just want her to be happy. Apparently, they've like totally. already, he has met her parents. Right. You know, just great stuff out of her. Happy for them. Happy for them. Um, two pieces of bad news. One will be yes. really quick. The other we do have to spend a bit more time on. Sure, it's sure. that Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler, unfortunately, are getting a divorce after mm. being together for about a decade and married for seven. Wow. Uh, they have three children. Like, very sad. We talked about them just recently because they spent the last, like, three weeks <gasps> in the Bahamas right. in quarantine. So I guess this all was happening while they were in the Bahamas together, which just is a really— weird layer um, yes. added to that trip. Do you think they, the divorce, they were like, we're headed towards a divorce before the Bahamas trip or was it, was the Bahamas trip the straw that broke the camel's back? 
Unfortunately, I think apparently, according to all these sources, this has been like a really long time coming. Like sure. back in the fall of 2019, she started house hunting because their marriage had just like absolutely fallen like to pieces and she wanted, Yikes. she she kind of saw this coming and needed another place to live. But now it's been, it's going to get so ugly. Now it's being reported that like Jay Cutler's ma- business manager is not letting her into the funds that they oh. share together to buy this house. Ew. And like, and he, it's like this very messy, complicated thing. Yeah. And I feel very bad for them. feel bad for the children. Sure. Also their reality TV show was great. This will be very sad. Oh my God. Uncommon James and all of them. <laughs> yeah. And for Andrew Godadaro. Yeah. You know, Yeah, pour one out for him. Very sad. I I will say I don't know anything about Jay Cutler other than he used to play football and Mm -hmm. that he just, he has a face that just looks like so, he looks sad all the time. Like he just looks like I I hate my life. So maybe, maybe we'll see some like happier faces from Jay, you know? Yeah, maybe. And then maybe Kristen Cavallari will like date, I don't know, date some cool Interesting. Other men. guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I love that yeah. for her. And then lastly, and just the piece of bad news, this will take 10 seconds, is that <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and Liz- Lily Rose Depp have unfortunately broken up after about a year of dating. And that's all there is to it. I don't really care too much <laughs> beyond that. And Kate can't say anything because she's not here. True. Okay. You know what? That's great. Let's move on. <laughs> um, speaking of Kate, uh, next category, I'm bringing in her. To do a very Kate-centered category. Uh, this is Tea Time Imagines, the poor Met Gala that just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't. So the Met Gala was supposed to be this Monday. I love the Met Gala. I love the over-the-top fashion. You do. It was a lame theme this year, but I was still excited for it. Uh, unfortunately, it's been postponed for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to just go through and and just imagine what we could have had, what we may never have. Uh, and ironically, the theme for this year's Met Gala was about time, fashion, and duration. It's actually so, great. <laughs> hopefully these people's outfits will hold up because, yeah, I thought that was deeply ironic considering God knows when we'll get this. Just want to run through the hosts real quick. We're going to get my arch nemesis in the world of fashion, (laughs) Nicholas Gasquer from Louis Vuitton, who I think makes the ugliest clothes known to man. I actually Uh, forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Emma Stone, who he puts in all of his ugly outfits. Uh, So no loss on those accounts, if you ask me. Big loss here. Meryl Streep was going to host. It was her first ever Met Gala. She's never been. How is that Um, possible? I know it's a different question, but how? I don't know. She probably would have showed up in a black dress and glasses, and I still would have been like, yes, queen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not a loss here. Lin-Manuel Miranda was, for some reason, chosen to host a Uh fashion event. So no loss there. I don't know what he would have shown up in, like, Hamilton outfit for, like, historical fashion. Oh, he would have leaned into that so hard. It seems like he would have. And then Ana Wintour, obviously. So I wanted to go through some people that we will miss. Maybe imagine what we think they would have worn, what they will wear when this comes back around. Obviously, I want to start with Rihanna. And it seems like, you know, fashion and duration, when I was reading about this theme, it was a lot of, like, historical fashion. So I think a lot of people probably would have done that. Mm-hmm. And just the obvious choices seems like we would have had a lot of Marie Antoinette's. Yes. And I feel like Rihanna would have been like, okay, like, you guys can try, but I will be, like, the Marie Antoinette. It seems mm-hmm. like she would have done a great over-the-top version of that. Because this theme is very year. theatrical, especially if yes. you dress of a certain era that it just lends itself to that. And I feel like Rihanna would have done better than everybody else. Right. And she also, and this relates to my, my next one is Rihanna kind of has a history of like actually using like legit kind of historical and like vintage pieces. Mm -hmm. And for Zendaya as well, 
I would have liked her or Rihanna or both to show up in like an actual historical outfit. Like yeah. if we're talking about, you know, how fashion ages over time, it seems like a lot of people could have literally like pulled pieces from museums. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to come up with some ideas. I thought maybe like Elizabeth Taylor's Cleopatra dress, like the famous insane so dress cool. she wore for that. That'd be yeah. great. Maybe like some Audrey Hepburn dress, like Marilyn mm-hmm. Monroe. It feels like we have a lot of options for kind of like these women who can wear anything and make anything look cool. Mm-hmm. So that would have been dope. Now we get a little weirder. Lady Gaga obviously would have been at the Met Gala. And last year she did like a four-piece performance art camp look that she was like taking things off as she went down the carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this theme is a great chance for her to bring back the meat dress 2.0. We're How? talking about fashion that is not lasting, that has like a time period, has a life of its own. Oh. Maybe she could have done like the vegetarian version and like at the beginning of the night, her dress is all crisp and fresh. And then at the end of the night, it's like browning and limp. I was going to say she could do like cured meat dress right. now. It, it's not fresh, but it's like prosciutto on her. Right. <laughs> Some kind of commentary on, you know, the, the, the time, the life of fashion. Oh, yes. That would have been great, actually. That's yeah. A good one. yeah. Um, and then I feel like Katy Perry would have shown up as just like a giant clock. Yeah, I know. You talked about this a little bit, pulling vintage pieces and stuff. Katy Perry definitely would have had some big structure around her. Yes. She, was it, where was she a hamburger? Do you remember this? That what? was in a Taylor Swift video, but she was a, she was a chandelier last year. Yes, she's just been known to do that. Um, yeah. But the people who is a little bit more mind lane than yours are the people that would like <laughs> ignore the theme, not be creative because right. they're not Honestly, creative. Honestly, it's a Met Gala tradition. So the people like the Kardashians, I think, a lot of people would have gotten away with murder like the this is a vintage Chanel 1950s gown and it's just like a black gown and it's right. not creative at all. Kim has done this. Kim, the Kardashians have gotten away with murder. Kylie Jenner, I forget which theme it was, but just wore like a black dress and gloves with Travis Scott. Uh, Do you remember that? Yes. And then the models are notoriously known for just putting on a pretty dress and being like, this means camp. And you're like, no, that doesn't. I feel like Cara Delevingne takes more risks, but the Carly Clauses of the world, yes. the Adriana Lima, the Giselle Bunchins. Yeah. They put on They're the hopeless. Camp. They They're are hopeless. hopeless. One person I wanted to add to the fun list, don't know, I'm not creative enough to predict what she would wear, but Tracy Ellis Ross, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Big swing. She should... She should like wear a Diana Ross like stage costume, like wear her mom's costume. Oh you know? my god, that's like, a great idea. This is why bring they that back. This I pay you big bucks. Yeah, they Hell should yeah. do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's not happening anytime soon. Sad. New York obviously is being hit super hard. So we don't know when the new date is, do we, Kate? We don't, but we'll Plus, look forward to it when it does. Protect Anna Wintour at all costs. Yes. And oh Meryl my god. Streep. Oh yes. my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> when that comes, I'm sure we'll do another category. You can have a ball with it. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Okay. This episode of Tea Time is brought to you by Beachbody On Demand. While we're all stuck in our homes, it's important now more than ever to stay active and keep moving. Work out and even take classes in the comfort of your own home with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 super effective workouts. It's suited for anybody at any time. This is the company behind the most popular programs, including P90X, Insanity, and 21 Day Fix. Their new programs include Morning Meltdown 100 and 80 Day Obsession. No need to worry about finding the right fit for you. Beachbody On Demand has routines as short as 10 minutes that don't require extra equipment. And the hundreds of workouts available are effective for all fitness levels. I've been doing their three-week yoga retreat to really kind of mix it up. You know, I'm taking a lot of walks, but you want to keep it 
new, keep it fresh. And I found that I really like to stretch when I'm like sitting on my couch all day. So got to get the hip flexors going, you know, stretch out the legs, stretch out the core. Um, So it's been really helpful and really easy to use. It's pretty well suited to whatever your level of fitness is. Right now, all of our listeners can get special free trial membership when they text Tea Time to 303030. You'll get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, nutrition information, and support totally free. Again, just text Tea Time to 303030. Moving swiftly right along, I'm bringing back Amelia for her, my favorite category. Amelia's You Oughta Know. Amelia, for those listening who did not tune into last week's episode, can you describe what we're doing this week? Of course. Um, last week, we went on like a medium dive, I would say, into the Lindsay Lohan F list. And mm. that was, it was a list that was published in In Touch Weekly 2014. And it was on a categories little playing card game list thing. And she just had written like 36 names of like famous or uh, famous adjacent guys that she mm-hmm. had allegedly slept with and which she pretty much confirmed on uh, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. Mm-hmm. So we've just been kind of parsing the list, you know, because <laughs> it's an important document. It's a rich text. We could, I mean, this could have been spread out over several <laughs> other categories, but we decided to keep it clean to two. Okay. Give us a couple other names you want to talk about on this F list. Yes. So at first In Touch published this list and there were some blurred out names. And then later they decided they were like, hey, you know what? We're going to give the people what they want. We're going to give some more names on this list. So they gave out 12 more names. And we're just going to go kind of through a little categories. First category, (laughs) I'm really excited to talk about this, are the names Ashton Kutcher, uh, quote, B. Del Toro, which I'm going to assume is Benicio Del Toro. Yep. And quote, Orly Bloom, which... I think we can all deduce is Orlando Bloom. I love nicknames. That's when you know you're in it. It's like Orly. I don't think anyone would have ever assumed that was maybe Orlando Bloom's nickname, but it's like you're on the inside. She is on the inside. I'm impressed. Again, it's, I think, you know, we talked about this last week, but a lot of these uh, names are like overlapping in terms of like fame and just popularity and like peak hotness and whatnot. And it also, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, it confirms that like everyone in Hollywood kind of knows everyone else. Yeah. Were you shocked by any of the B Del Toro, Ashton Kutcher or Orlando Bloom? For some reason, Ashton Kutcher just makes sense to me. Um, Before he got wifed up by Mila Kunis, he'd... Did quite a bit of dating. Which um, you has, you saw the first inklings of that, which is— Only that. the real ones know about that. I was the first person who reported Mila <laughs> Kunis and Ashton Kutcher were dating. If you want to look back to like, I don't know, 2009, go through my Twitter. <laughs> I tweet like 12 times, so it'd be easy. <laughs> anyway, I was not surprised by Ashton Kutcher because he used to be like the man about town. You know, like that totally. 70s show. He was like a heartthrob, whatever. Dated a lot of famous women. Makes total sense. Orlando Bloom definitely mm. threw me for a loop. Really? Yeah, because he, I I guess they feel like two different worlds of celebrities, especially, and then Benicio Del Toro. I mean. So, I, ra- but he's been in a lot of random ass, like, rumors that I've read. Like, oh, appara- really? I read one that was like, he hooked up with Scarlett Johansson in like 2005 in an elevator. And then, Damn. yeah, and he has a daughter by Rod Stewart's daughter, Kimberly Stewart, who is Paris Hilton's <laughs> best friend. And they they weren't, it was like, I think it was just like a random one night stand. And they were just like, yeah, well, we're having a kid. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. It shows that like during this era when all these people were hooking up, like I was just not tapped into pop culture at all like (laughs) I am now. So I think these are more surprising because I can't picture her at the height of her fame and the height of her chaos kind of like doing these things (laughs) because I only know her. I feel like I knew her from Parent Trap and then the Disney movies and then spent a decade on my own life. And then now she's just like (laughs) the recovering. Yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised by any of them? Um, I mean, again, you know, a little surprised by Benicio Del Toro, but, you know, I guess that's kind of, I'm not, not anymore from all the things that I've just heard about him. He, he seems yeah. to give off like just this energy that's kind of like sexy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So there's that. Um, okay. And then also, okay, I just wanted to briefly mention this. He's in his own category. It's the once married to Reese Witherspoon category <laughs> because that's literally all I know him for. Ryan Philippi. Did I say that right? Felipe? Philippi? Yeah. People say it both ways. I'm sure there's a correct one, but I can't say which one. But who cares? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that happened. And apparently, I feel like I've heard him hooking up with a bunch of young starlets too. And I'm just like, yeah. why? But okay. Yeah. I know. It feels weird. Like Lindsay Lohan really was like the it girl. Yeah. And I mean, this list is quite impressive. I know we said this last week, but like just props. I mean, God, God bless her, you know? Um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Okay. And then finally, the final uh, little section of this list, it's who? Like, who the fuck are these people? Um, First off, we have Aaron who in parentheses, uh, it says Rangers. At first I thought it said Rogers and I was like, Aaron Rogers? But yeah. um, I think it's Rangers uh, from, I'm looking at this, I did some research and there's a really great uh, piece from complex.com that just lists all the names and where they are now. But they're mm-hmm. saying that Aaron is reference to Aaron Voros, who is a hockey player or was a hockey player for the New York Rangers. Okay. So huh. there's that. That's exciting, I Dipped guess. into the athlete field. I like it. She okay. really did. She. I'm surprised there aren't more. Yeah, that is true. Right? Then there's Brian from GPH, which I just love. No, it's GPA. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Um, Brian from GPA, I guess, I don't know what GPA is. They're saying <laughs> that it might be an actual, it might be an H instead of an A, and it's maybe stands for Gramercy Park Hotel. Maybe she banged the bellboy. I don't know. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. This is why it's for sure she never wanted this to get out and get leaked. This is, first You're of all, so, so right. personal right off the bat because no one wants a, like that list to come out ever about right. themselves, especially a high-profile person like her. But obviously, the way she's saying these things, the way she spelled Zach Efron, the way she oh. said Brian at GPA or H, whatever it is. Like, this is a list for her. And that honestly makes me feel bad going through these because, like, I know like, this was sorry. a list for herself so she could reference. I mean, this is years and years ago. I'm sure she looks back at this fondly now, really. You know, I hope so. I hope and I hope and I don't. I'll, I promise I will. I'll shut up after this. But you know what? If we gave freaking Robert Downey Jr. a Marvel contract and transformed her his life. Why can't we transform Lindsay's? Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, okay. And then moving on swiftly, we have Stavros Niarcos, who, wow. You love I love this guy. <laughs> I love Stavros. He recently got married to some rich billionaire Russian lady. But uh, before that, he was kind of like an it boy of the 2000s. He dated Mary-Kate Olsen, only to be stolen away by Paris Hilton, which is incredible. And I guess <sighs> he hooked up with Lindsay, too. 
that that's all I can say. That's all I can say. But uh, maybe further down the road, we can do a deep dive into Stavros. Yes, we can. Okay. So the next one we have is, <laughs> sorry, uh, Danny Cipriani or is it mm-hmm. Cipriani? Go with your heart. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, it's, oh, Chip Cipriani. Cip- no, I don't know. Okay, anyway, so Danny Cipriani, uh, he is apparently a bad boy English rugby player. Mm. Uh, yeah, got a great bod, you know, go go for it, Linz. Um, and then it's also followed by Maggio Cipriani, who I'm sure people are thinking, wow, did she bang a set of brothers? Well, they're not related, unfortunately. Weird. That would have been really funny. Uh, yeah, kind of weird. But he is a fourth generation restaurateur. And I don't, maybe, does this... I mean, his last name is Maggio's. I wonder if he owns like Maggio's Little Italy. <laughs> Italy? I don't, He's I don't know. He's heir to the Cipriani restaurant empire, which also brings me, I don't know when this was in her dating list, but she also dated Harry Morton for a long time. Oh, I don't know if right. you remember him. Yes, Who's also yes. a restaurateur. So I like this yeah. who list at the end because you got the athletes, you got the socialites, you got the restaurateurs. Like she hit, right. she hit every it scene, I feel like every, there is in the dating it, pool. It's kind of crazy, seriously. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to some guy named Josh Mond, who is a film director. So good for him. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, some guy named Petey Wright, who, according to Google, he is an actor known for Lindsay's private party. So, I mean, that sounds mm-hmm. about right. Sounds mm-hmm. like this private party really went private and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then finally, the last person on this list is just known as Riley S. And we don't we don't know who Riley S is other than uh we might guess that it refers to this guy she met in rehab in 2007. Yeah. I'm glad you ended with this guy because this goes back to the purpose of this category, which A, Lindsay Lohan rocks. Go, Lindsay Lohan. B, this guy is a particularly large asshole because, yeah, I read that they met in rehab in 2007. He's a Mm -hmm. snowboarder. But anyway, after they hooked up, he was an absolute jerk about the whole thing. Like, he's called her a nymphomaniac. He exposed a lot of their cocaine use that they did together that has, like, plagued her image, which granted is public knowledge because of her colorful past, but like sure, sure. he just basically blabbed his mouth to all of Hollywood about what happened between them. Right. And I would say to a lot of these other people's credit and to Lindsay Lohan, this has a lot of these names were not aired between either of the two parties. Right. It was this guy that just turned out to be an asshole about it. So I feel for Lindsay Lohan, like it's just a really shitty part about being a celebrity. And this guy was just a huge asshole. Totally. It's just like, you know what? You don't have to, you don't have to say anything. You can just t- just yeah. be like, woo. Lindsay, yeah. and then move on, you know? Right. So, so the purpose was just Lindsay Lohan, go girl. Go girl. There are <laughs> there are six names still on the list that we don't we don't know these names. So I I don't know who they could be. Maybe I was thinking like maybe Jude Law. I don't know. Oh, um, yeah. They're pretty blurred out. But if you guys, you know, have any suggestions on who these names might be, I mean, I'm assuming they're probably pretty big names if they're blurred yeah. out or yeah. like married dudes. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any guesses? Well, my guesses are just that there are so many more that are not even listed on here that are just as juicy and large names. Um, But yeah, this is an open call for any of your investigative work. If you have any other names, just send them Amelia's way. Yes, thank you. (laughs) 
Okay, and for this next category, I know you guys are just waiting with bated breath for the continuation of our Twilight recaps. We're on the third book slash third movie, so it's Twilight Eclipse. Just to start this off, Kate and I, every new book or every new week, we're like, God, this is like going to get dry. Will we have enough to talk about? And especially with this book, we're like, Jesus, like maybe we can't fill the time. Oh, we can. (laughs) And we will limit it because last week we did 15 minutes. So God bless all of you who listened to that. Um, We're going to do that again, I think. I think we are. (laughs) It's a rich text that I I go into it every week being like, okay, what's here? And there's so much. We just have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. Yeah, it gets more confusing this book onwards. All right. First, the book takeaways, Kate. So this, in this book, this is kind of the main Edward Jacobs showdown. Yes. Um, for those who don't remember, Victoria, who's just obsessed with Bella and is, plays a much larger part in these books than I remembered. For better or <laughs> for worse. For better or for worse. She basically creates a newborn army of vampires to go get Bella. The vampires and the werewolves have to team up. Obviously, that's very fraught because they don't like each other and Jacob and Edward don't like each other. And it culminates in Bella agreeing to marry Edward before he turns her into a vampire. They kill Victoria. She's fine. Etc. Yes. Um, this book is fine. I think we can agree it's it's okay. We have some questions. First of all, there's <laughs> another literary parallel where she uses Wuthering Heights, uh, kind of like the way that she used Romeo and Juliet in the last book. And the least believable thing in the Twilight series so far is that someone, Bella, would be reading Wuthering Heights for fun. It's the worst I, book I've ever read. I didn't have to read this for high school. Didn't pick it up. In the meantime, so I don't know anything about Wuthering Heights. I kind of literally just glossed over that. I had to read in high school and actually like truly at the time and now is like the worst thing I've ever <laughs> had to read for school. It's awful. It's awful. And Bella loves it. She like has this jog-eared copy and obviously it's supposed to be like, oh, these horrible people. They love each other. They do all these things for love, whatever. Horrible book. This is like that teenage girl who's like <laughs> thinks she loves Radiohead because it makes her cooler and it's like, just... you can like other, whatever. Really yes, bad. a lot of Wuthering Heights comparisons. Yeah. And it actually fit much worse, I believe, than the Romeo and Juliet. At least you could see, like, the killing. Right. Both, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Um, Another question about this book, there's a lot of exposition, a lot of, like, historical flashbacks. This includes... Yes, a lot. I, I know I know. you personally struggled with the, uh, the werewolf backstories. <laughs> you guys? <laughs> so the first book skipped over all the Charlie dialogue and the father-daughter scenes. I, I know that dynamic, whatever. Yeah, this was a lot in the movie, too. We don't have to spend any time on it, but you get basically the entire backstory of Jacob's family and his father and his father's father and, like, kind of the whole creation of the vampire werewolf. Jesus, you guys, this was—I quickly was flipping through those pages. I just don't think she wrote it as interesting as, like, the vampire stuff and because maybe—I don't know. It just didn't didn't grab me. It's a tough sit. Both yeah. in, in both the movie and the book. Yeah. And that's not it, actually. We also get Rosalie's entire backstory, which is a lot of exposition. She has a really tough time of it, whatever. She's sympathetic now. And I want to highlight Jasper's backstory. Yikes. Because <laughs> he basically milkshake ducks himself. If you don't know that term, he basically, like, volunteers all this information that makes him, like, really problematic and not great. Namely, the fact that he was a Confederate soldier. Um, yeah, like a really good one at that. A really good one. Who? This is the quote, actually. Uh, I just pulled it up. 
He goes, when I was human, and he just randomly has an accent all of a sudden in the movie when he's telling the story, like has not had an accent to date, suddenly has this Texas accent. When I was human, I lived in Houston, Texas. I was almost 17 years old when I joined the Confederate Army in 1861. I lied to the recruiters and told them I was 20. I was tall enough to get away with it. So Jasper's like, I wanted to, ha- I wanted to keep the slaves so bad that I lied. Right. Jasper didn't need to fight in that, in that fight. And uh, yet he wanted to so he bad he like, lied about I, his age. The Confederate cause, I just really felt passionate oh, about it. And no. we just, we just are supposed to go past that and be like, yes, Jasper. There was no reason for her to do that. Make him from Boston. Like there was no matter. point. Right. I know. Or it any has- other war. I mean, it just, like, why did Sammy Myers choose him at this war and that side? It's really unnecessary, but I just couldn't get past it. Like, we're yeah. supposed to just be like, oh, you're so passionate. You really yeah. were a great soldier. What? No. Yeah. Horrible. And the Southern accent is uh, just horrifying. It's gone in an, an instant. <laughs> All we have is questions, I feel like, about this recap. My questions. Why am I now so sympathetic to Belle's parents? You get the mom, another <laughs> scene with the mom. And basically, the first couple chapters of the book and movie is everyone being like, I'm really worried about you. He looks at you really weirdly and intently. And you guys seem like he seems very possessive and we want you to make your own decisions for you. And she's like, yeah. And that's it. And the parents are like, no, really, you're just a teenager. Like he seems very possessive of you. And then that brings us back to our like other big thing, you know, is Edward versus Jacob, this whole book. The both of them are just absolutely insane with her. They're so toxic and horrible in this book. It, well, it's so much worse than I remember. I know. We'll talk about more when we do the movie takeaways. Yeah, we will. Other, other quick things, just why does Edward hum her to sleep every single night with a lullaby? <laughs> why is that? And like, that was like a very romantic part of the book is every night he like crawls into bed and like hums for this little, t- like l- his lullaby. I, okay. That's fucking bizarre. Yeah. Okay. The real meat of this is the movie. Yeah. We got to do it. Okay. Jacob versus Edward, Stephanie Myers and the director of this movie, and fucking, frankly, Taylor Lautner tried their best to make Jacob, <laughs> like, a viable second option. And it does work in the story. I mean, she straight up falls in love with him in some degree. I think that's what really suffers from the book to the movie is you don't get, like, her internal monologue about why she loves him and, like, why yeah. he's important. And it really is rushed and... You know, I he was a good friend to her in her time of need, whatever. And I think you get more of that in the book, whereas in the movie, it's just like he all of a sudden is like, I love you. Be with me. Yeah. He's not safe for you. And she's like, oh, I'm so confused. And like, I can't decide. And you're like, why? Because you don't yeah. get any of that in the movie. Yeah. But even in the book, too, and when he did have her thoughts, I was like, what? Yeah. how? I don't. I. It was a jump to get her to be like, <laughs> I am in love with him. But a different part of my heart. And it's like, first, that was bad for us teenage girls to be reading. You should really keep that to one person at a time. (laughs) You shouldn't be so split. And then later, there's this big, you know, battle. But the werewolves and the vampires team up to defeat Bryce Dallas Howard and whatever the hell. (laughs) And he, she's shivering. She's like camping in in a storm with Edward, like whatever, hiding out from this other evil vampire. Jacob has to like... Uh, take his shirt off and cuddle her to keep her warm because Edward's like a stone ice man. Classic situation. We've all been there. (laughs) He does have a lot of pros. He straight up tells her, he's like, you would still be able to see your family. You don't have to change a damn thing. I'm muscly and tan. It's strong. And (laughs) I'm, and you don't have to do anything. Like he will live and die like a human. And it's just like, in comparison to Edward, it's like, I don't know why she, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
How is she right. still so plagued? It's a great question. Also, I have to say that part of the struggle here is that Robert Pattinson as Edward really did not bring it in this movie. There's something about it. It's like, I even looked it up to see if they had like broken up over the course of this movie and they hadn't. Mm. They broke up after the movies because it seemed like he just like couldn't make eye contact with her. The makeup was tough again. The hair was really tough. Maybe this is when he's Robert Pattinson started becoming self-aware as an actor. Like obviously they're very famous (laughs) at this point. He's like, I just want to do indies. And like the contract is like, no, you're here for another five years. And he's like, just upset. Because yeah, you're that, right. And it helped, honestly, with like the love triangle because I was like, Edward is not that appealing right now. But yeah. Yeah, he was really bad in this movie. Really yeah. tough. What's the cringiest scene to you, Kate? Um, First of all, I don't know if you guys remember the I'm Switzerland line from Twilight. It's an iconic line. I don't remember why it became as famous as it did, but it really was like kind of famous And at I the feel time. like it's been used now millions more. I'm not saying Stephanie Myers created it. I'm sure she just pulled it from somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, the whole like, I'm in the middle. I'm not in this right. fight. I'm Switzerland. Leave me out of it. Yeah. So in the book, she has this whole thing where, you know, they're fighting Edward and Jacob. And she was like, from now on, like, I'm not choosing a side. I'm Switzerland. I'm staying out of it. But in the movie, there's like no context. She's just there fighting. And all of a sudden she's like, from now on, I'm Switzerland. And then like just changes the subject. And that's it, you guys. There's no context. And they both look at her for a second and that's it. Watching it. And I knew that scene, knew the dialogue was like, wait, what are you talking about? So bad writing, it's to so be honest. <laughs> really cringy. Um, also, really tough to watch. There's just a lot of beheading in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there is. It seems like they were like, it's fine because vampires have skin like rock. And so like, as long as their head is like being torn off their body and there's no blood, it's okay. Yeah. But like the first 30 seconds of this battle scene, Jasper punches people's heads off their bodies, like <laughs> literally like six times. And I guess they were trying to be like, he's a Confederate soldier. He's very tough. Like he has anger issues. Yeah. But... I just don't want to see that much like beheading and tearing of limbs in Agreed. my viewing. Agreed. Didn't want also, it. also awkward to watch was every kissing scene. I, I, obviously, I know in my heart that Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart were together for this. They should be kissing better, but they don't. <laughs> they should also, be. <laughs> the the kissing scene between Taylor Lautner and Kristen Stewart, and I'm using their real names because. It feels yeah. weird to be like Bella and Jacob, whatever, because the, where this is really like about their performance as actors. Right. Also awkward. She, awkward. towards the very end of the movie, he kind of traps her, I guess. I never really understood this. Was like, I'll die for you. And she's like, wait, Jacob, kisses him because she thinks that he's about to die. Right, Kate, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's they very sh- manipulative on his part. They share this passionate kiss. She doesn't pull away. They like fully make out in the movie and the book. And she's really upset. She clearly is like fucking half in love with Jacob. Really, really awkward. And then for some reason, Bella has to be carried everywhere. (laughs) There's a lot of carrying scenes through this whole series, which has caused me and you as tall women just to have a chip (laughs) on our shoulder because we can't be carried that easily. But Jacob... I would prefer actually Edward's carrying method who carries her like a backpack on his back. Yes. Jacob carries her like you would A, a corpse, not to be like <laughs> tragic or graphic about it, or B, like a baby. It's kind of like yeah. cradling her so her legs are off to one side and her head's like on the other, if you guys can picture that. Just extremely awkward. Why does she have right. to be carried? But And then he's running, carrying her like that. But then yeah. like it's so clearly it's physically impossible for someone to run and not bounce them around like crazy. So then it like looks ridiculous. Like the legs are like, <laughs> but then she's not moving. It's like, this isn't how physics works. We're so good at painting pictures. I'm sure our listeners are just like, this is poetry, what we're hearing right this now. This is incredible content, start um, to finish. Yeah, anyway, just horrible. She's also in a flannel in the snowy woods where she almost got frostbite the night before. It's just 
like there are things preparation there are Bella, fixable things on all yeah. sides um yeah. to wrap up this category questions comments concerns this is the first introduction of imprinting and i yes. know we have a lot of questions about that just as a concept imprinting has been one of the things that has stuck with me from this series from my <laughs> youth just the idea what happens who jacob eventually imprints on spoiler alert maybe won't say that yet but <laughs> next pod Imprinting is, for those of you who are curious, (laughs) when a werewolf locks eyes or sees another human being, or I I guess it could be anybody at all, and it's just like, that's it. That's the person they're going to be with forever. Like, does it matter their age or anything at all? And they imprint, and then that's just it. That's the decision. It's like, that's the person you're with. This is another one where you know Stephanie Myers regretted it. Like, you yes. know she wrote it. She was like, this is a great idea. I'm going to make it so that people can imprint on a two-year-old. And that's just going to be part of my funky story. And five years later, she was like, that was a mistake. Absolutely. It's going to get really awkward next book when that all comes out and they have to deal with that. But yeah, this is this was one of the creepiest things to come out of this book was the idea of imprinting. Yeah, it's tough. It was a mistake. I'll um, just say it. Also concerns, like I said before, the parents are just like, he's super clingy. Please maybe think about your life in a different way. But also we get a lot of Edward's old ass virtues and his like, I don't know, when was he born? 18th century, whatever mindset where he refuses to have sex with her before getting married. Eventually, I think he'll go back on that. But he and he just is obsessed with marrying her and like making like Bella his kind of and his wife and it just like why do you need that if she's going to be a vampire forever you guys are going to be together forever you know what I mean yeah not good it's like almost it almost works because he comes across as this like very polite sort of figure especially in comparison to Jacob who's like kiss me I'll kiss you like I'm just dragging you around but then like it's in this very controlling way still it's just like a different kind of toxic and I um, can't remember if they took this through the movie, but in the book, he's like, I don't want to take your virtue. And right. she's like, please stop being an old man. Just like a little weird. It is a little weird. Yeah. And that brings us to our final question. Both Edward and Jacob are just crazy, toxic, and horrible in this book and in this movie. Edward, like, destroys her car so she can't go visit Jacob. Jacob kisses her without consent. She punches him in the face. Charlie's like, good for you, Jacob, which is a point against Charlie. We like yes. him, but come on. They just, like, are very, very controlling so I want yes. us to vote. Who is more toxic in this book and in this movie, Edward or Jacob? It's team Edward go- or Team Jacob? <laughs> I I think Edward is more toxic, which is horrifying to me because I was always Team Edward growing up and like loved him in the books. But reading this as an adult, no. I you know I disagree. I think it was Jacob. Really? I and they're both bad, but I think just like the physical, like dragging her around and like actually like physically not assaulting her, but kind of assaulting her. That mm. just really stuck with me. And at least mm. Edward like kind of gives her a choice to a certain extent. He does not he really doesn't because he, yeah, he's sneakier about it. We talked about this two pods ago in the first book right off the bat. He's watching her sleep. He's Ugh. like kind of entrancing her. Obviously, she's just a mortal being. She's going to be like hypnotized by this flowery vampire. <laughs> and I just think that he could have given her more time. I think the whole like now she's just going to have to completely adjust her lifestyle and he like doesn't really question he's like are you sure oh, okay you know what i mean yeah it's not great she, she can't needed win more time we need to come up with an alternate love interest for bella we do maybe we'll mike consider it remember uh, that guy okay yeah okay maybe not we'll, we'll come back to it okay so next book what's it called kate and do you know so, anything about it 
I know more than I'd like to about it. Next book is Breaking Dawn, and Breaking Dawn is split up into two movies because that was like the trend of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thank so you, I Harry Potter. Right. So I think on the next podcast, we're going to do Breaking Dawn Part 1, both the book and the movie, and then we're going to finish up with Breaking Dawn Part 2, the book and the movie. By the way, a lot of rumors that Stephanie Meyer is about to release Midnight Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective. Oh, good. So, um, we'll see how desperate we are Do you know how content. creepy that language is going to be? Describing I her know. sin? I think I've read it. I think it leaked like a long, long time ago. I don't know that I want to read I, that, you guys. I think I've already read it. Is that possible? I don't remember. Probably. You're all on the fan fiction Tumblr and all that online shit, the Reddit. I really was in eighth grade, so I probably <laughs> definitely read it in eighth grade. <laughs> okay, just tune in next week for more cringe mode. And then finally, we're bringing in Amelia for unanswerable questions. Okay, wrapping up this episode, as always, we got Tea Time's unanswerable questions. This came from Tea Time Girls themselves, correct? I gave one. Kate, you have one? Correct. This is special, not only because this comes from within, but also it's all about pregnancy. This episode had a lot of that in it. So Kate, take it away. I ran this poll on Twitter and I just felt like it needed to be discussed further. In relation to the Gigi Zane baby, which I know you guys talked about earlier, mm-hmm. if you were a One Direction dad, because three out of five <laughs> members, formerly of One Direction, are now going to be dads, who would you be more likely to choose to babysit your baby? Niall or Harry? I feel like, because the babysitter in, in basically implies that the baby's over at their house. I feel like Harry's house is filled with swallowable knickknacks and like weird <laughs> voodoo crystals that would choke my baby to death. So not knowing anything about Niall, I'm picking him only based on the environment that Harry Style lives in. The garden That's- is filled with shrooms. The house is filled <laughs> with sharp crystals. There's nail polish everywhere. All toxic. That's fair. I think wow. that's fair. This is a difficult question. And it was actually Harry won 51% to 49%. Wow. So it was really, people could not decide. Amelia, what's your take? I honestly, I was thinking, you know, I love this question. And also I was, can we give them a TV show where they babysit <laughs> the kids? Because I, I would actually watch that show. <laughs> it would be, be great content. Oh my God. It'd be like, um, what's that one Tom Selleck movie? That's like three men and a little baby, like two oh, yeah. directioners and a little ba- and three little babies. <laughs> I, don't, I would watch that show. I don't know. MTV, Chaos. make it happen. Yeah, I, I was pretty split. Initially, I was like, Niall seems responsible. No shade <laughs> to Harry. You know, I love him. However, multiple people replied to me on Twitter and were like, do you want your baby coming home wanting to play golf? Because that's what would happen if you put them with Niall. And I was like, that is a great point. Imagine I don't want that. The lullabies <laughs> that Harry Styles would say. I know Niall has his own music career, but just imagine... Like Harry would let would let your kid like do his makeup, give her a manicure, give him a manicure. I would pick Harry in the end, but um, it's close. I think honestly, I think they both would do a good job. That's true. I meant my answer. Once the child turns five, I'll go to (laughs) Harry's house, but not before then. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Liz. Um, Other pregnancy question. This is a bit more just like practical, but I am curious your guys' thoughts. Who is going to acknowledge their pregnancy first? Sophie Turner, who we have still not heard from. Apparently, <laughs> she's due midsummer, Or Gigi Hadid, who's due in September. Who's going to come out with the photo shoot? I know it's hard in quarantine Ooh. now. Who's going to come out with the official Instagram? What's your pick? This is tough because Sophie's obviously further along, but Gigi yeah. has already proven, <laughs> I think, that they're more willing yeah. to confirm things. Like, yeah, totally. Like, the Hadids confirmed things really quickly. So I'm, it's close. I'm going to actually say Gigi because I think the focus isn't so much on Sophie. And I think people are, have like been like kind of letting her live. Um, That's true. But I mean, it's close. It could go either way. 
I literally was, I was thinking the same exact thing. I think Gigi will end up uh, coming forward or whatever first, but, Mm -hmm. but really in the end, it could go, it could go either way. It could. I look forward to it. I feel like Gigi Hadid is going to post on an iPhone, nothing too special, but like her, like a nice farm photo shoot with her like belly and Zane. And Sophie Turner's just like chilling, making cocktails for Joe Jonas in the Valley. And I just feel like that's not so much on her radar. (laughs) But Gigi is like living with a friend. She's doing Vogue photo shoots just on her own anyway and posting them. You know what I would bet? I bet the baby will show up in a Jonas Brothers music video within the year. Oh, oh, that's good. You think that'll be their big debut? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that's a good one. Okay, that's a really good prediction. Thank you. Okay, I'm ending it with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwa. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. 